Entrepreneurship doesn't have to be tough when it's cooked right. Co-founder of Relish Gourmet Burgers serves up well-done recipes for startup success. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, the show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, a grassroots entrepreneur-led movement to bring together, celebrate, and give a voice to Canada's entrepreneurship community. We get to speak with the movers and the shakers of Canada, Canadian entrepreneurship, and explore themes in startups, growth, investment, innovation, and a common theme amongst all my guests is impact. This podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people of Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in starting and growing a financially fit and fundable business. Check out startupcan.ca backslash finance to sign up for a startup finance bootcamp near you and to get 50% of QuickBooks online for your business. This month, we are featuring some of Canada's leading startup entrepreneurs. And as part, as part of Startup Entrepreneur Series, Today, we are speaking with Mr. Stephen Partridge. He's an Ottawa-based high-growth serial entrepreneur, a founder, co-founder, and restarter of multiple ventures. Stephen is an active investor and champion of startup companies with significant experience with technology and data. During this interview, we're going to do a deep dive into starting, scaling, pivoting, exiting, raising capital and acquisitions, as well as discussing ideas to position Canada, our cities, towns, startups, and entrepreneurs. I hope you got your coffee, or if you're in the nighttime, I hope you get your beer or wine, because this is going to be a good one, because we're going to help you guys own the podium for our entrepreneurs. As an Ottawa-based entrepreneur, Stephen will also be able to provide us with an on-the-ground perspective of the evolving Ottawa entrepreneurship ecosystem. Mr. Stephen Partridge, welcome to the show, sir. Hello there. How are you doing? Ah, life is grand. It's great stuff. Great stuff. Well, look, Stephen, in speaking at the Funding Roadshow stop down in Ottawa, you shared the importance of entrepreneurs sharing their knowledge with others so that we can all benefit from the lessons you learn. And, you, and, and, I, and I, loved, I loved how you described this sharing of knowledge. You called it gold dust, gold dust. Can you explain what you meant by this? Wow. Yeah, that was a, a, a neat one that kind of came out at a, uh, at a breakfast table with um, Conference Board of Canada. And we were just talking about experience. And I think as entrepreneurs, uh, you know, I'm, I'm flattered by your intro. There's a few clarifications that we'll make <laughs> along the way, surely. But okay. uh, that's just to, to tone down uh, some of those things. I think as entrepreneurs, we, we tend to hold ourselves really not just accountable, but we're, we're self-critical and uh the reason is we fall off the bike a whole lot of times. We make a lot mm. of mistakes along the way. We learn a lot of lessons. And that's usually what makes one venture perhaps uh, a higher probability of success than the previous. And we hope that if we're going along the right path, that each venture has more lessons behind it and more opportunity, but mostly more probability of success. So I think... In that discussion, I, I came to realize that, uh, you know, I was being told that I had great stories to share, but hadn't right. really come to the recognition yet to myself that I did. And I guess the way I explained that was I really felt that I had 
received a lot of shrapnel along the way, a lot of scars and a lot of broken pieces around me. And mm. what I had called shrapnel were kind of, you know, the the leftovers, the part that we didn't always see behind every venture, but as an entrepreneur went through to build, grow, start, restart, help, fund, um, pivot, uh, avoid disaster, drive towards opportunity. Along the way, you, you, you just feel a lot of bombs going off, you know, left, mm. right and center to you and you feel a lot of shrapnel. Right. And I think as you come out and what looks from the outside as great success stories internally we still often interpret those as you know not maybe disasters but but lessons and scars and and it only took once i got more involved with startup canada and more involved with speaking to other startups and more involved with speaking to other entrepreneurs successful and or early stage or late stage that i recognized that i did actually have something to share and that right. what i was discounting as shrapnel um or dust kind of the stuff left behind from other <laughs> ventures was actually gold dust because i recognized that as i shared those stories others were learning not only were others learning but i was learning from the sharing process and that dust quickly became gold dust in that from those lessons there was an opportunity to share information that would be more valuable to others at the stage they were at than perhaps it was to me at my current stage but in sharing that information that gold dust quickly became gold nuggets and gold nuggets meant that another entrepreneur or another venture was hearing and learning something that allowed them to take my dust turn it into something of value and then create gold nuggets out of it which is kind of you know creating opportunity creating real traction real benefit out of that experience and you know then i could partake and share in the gold nuggets and then you know if we really created enough gold nuggets we created true venture and opportunity that could come of that so you know really in short the shrapnel the dust sharing it became gold dust applying that became gold nuggets and then out of that really became some gold mines and that's some ventures that that i'm sharing on working with supporting and uh, and really learning that uh, all those lessons have value well what a wonderful wonderful perspective and i've uh, i've been an entrepreneur for about 18 years and uh, you know people from the outside look at me sometimes and they say oh my gosh what a great successful ride you've had and and along the road i haven't felt that successful and uh, i love exactly. the analogy and so thank thank you for sharing that with me because it's enlightened me that i may feel like uh, like the shrapnel but it really is gold dust for other people because of one what they you they can learn but also what we can learn so thank you for that i'm i'm uh, i really like that gold dust perfect well look you're an accomplished founder co-founder restarter board member and all these other things that i said along the way but you know uh, and father by the way i had, we were just talking a little earlier about 
about your two sons on uh, on the top of the hotel uh, roof thinking it's their house. I mean, it's just so cool that you, uh, you know, that you encourage that type of imagination. Somehow, somehow they have homes in, in San Diego, uh, in, <laughs> in, <laughs> you know, in, in all sorts of corners of the world. They believe they have homes, but really, you know, they're hotels and, and suites and condos. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so fun. Well, look, tell us, tell us, I mean, before all these accomplishments occurred, how did you get your start to, uh, how did you get to, to where you are today? Maybe you can kind of take us through those first couple of years. Perfect. So um, two quick clarifications. My third boy just arrived two weeks ago. Oh, congratulations. Up up to three. um, That that definitely doesn't make it easier, but it does increase the motivation, (laughs) right? Um, So from the beginning, how do we, oh boy. You know, I I think in one sentence, uh, I think it would be the influence of sport of all things and the support of family that, mm-hmm. uh, that would be how I've started and gotten to where I am. Um, to understand that, I guess we have to dig a little bit deeper, but I, I think sport is so important as a, as a theme throughout my life, but also throughout my relationships, whether those personal and or business and family really, you know, from parents that supported me through my sports career to have me always believe, uh, you know, that a, if I believed it, I could achieve it. Um, those were key things behind some key words I think that really matter so if we look at it from key words we're probably looking at you know the three P's that I often talk about but they really are are key and that's persistence preparation mm-hmm. and planning um, and then you know this other one of confidence and and I would even go so far as to say love but persistence preparation and planning, whether in sport and in business, I always learned that I had to persist. There was this thing called delayed gratification as an athlete. You had to dig and train and train and train and not be allowed to perform. You would go to competitions tired time and time and time again, but you had to persist through that and know that someday you would be allowed to perform and it didn't mean that you got the results today so from entrepreneurship and business and even jobs that i've held it was always about persisting through today to to get to tomorrow um the preparation uh you know through sport and uh, whether as an athlete and or a coach you know understanding these key principles in sport we call it quadrennial planning so planning for a four-year period which has these huge macro cycles that you're planning for to you know compete and train tired to only eventually at the end of four years rest and perform for olympic trials or for world cup or to try to make the olympic team Um, so that preparation as an athlete was key but then as an as a coach through I, i then became a coach to understand that was understanding how to how to really draw out you know everything from a a a massive quadrennial plan to macro cycles down to uh, micro cycles of days and weeks of what you're working on that all aligned with your macro plan um, was really the key part of planning. So when you put those three together, one can't matter without the other. If you're just persisting 
and not along a plan, well, that's kind of like just hitting your head against the wall and working hard for the purpose of working hard. If you aren't preparing yourself and putting the things in your corner to allow the opportunity to have a probability of success, then you don't have the right ingredients. You aren't prepared. You haven't shown up the chef's table with the clean pots, the ingredients on the table. Uh, so you aren't prepared to actually perform. Um, and then the planning, I mean, you, you can't plan in, in, a, in a silo. So planning takes a lot of input from others and from yourself uh, to make sure that you write down what you plan on doing, but then you actually look at that on a regular basis and adjust it. So persistence preparation planning has been key to me since probably the age of uh, 15 when I really started taking, you know, my my sport quadrennial cycle really to a, to a serious level and then thereafter confidence mm. i mentioned and love uh you mm. know i had a a mom and a support structure and a father that mm. that really told me not well you can't do that every mm. crazy idea i ever came up with uh, they <laughs> said well how are you going to do that and the how are you going to do that forced me to go through the plan and believe that i could first before i canceled and disqualified the crazy ideas and the craziness myself such as well my room's not big enough got out the plans and i was going to cut a hole in my floor to make yeah. it a two level. Well, yeah. my parents didn't say how, or didn't say don't. They said, well, right. how are you going to do that? And what are the problems? Well, I encountered electricity and all sorts of things that would have, you know, put that to a quick end, you know? So I think, you know, and then there's, there's, there's assets. I think I built assets along the way that got me to where I am today that helped me get my start. You know, there's yeah. a 20 years of delayed gratification as an athlete, you know, there's intrinsic motivation of, of being a swimmer. You know, I, I didn't have a shiny carbon fiber bike or a sponsored billion dollar, million dollar car that I was racing. I had a small Speedo and I had to be, <laughs> you know, I, I had to believe that I wanted to succeed for other reasons than monetary gain because, yeah. you know, my heroes, Alex Bauman, got an egg commercial. Yeah. You know, right um, yeah, we didn't did, get a yeah. lot more than, you know, so it, it, you know, there's 20 years that delayed gratification. There's a kin degree which built the soft skills of, uh, you know, psychomotor sport. How do you con connect a mind to a movement, a motivation right. to an action? Um, there was psych, you know, there's a sports psychology with, you know, some of our Canadian leading uh, minds, Terry Orlick. Um, I was fortunate to have him as a uh, as a prof and uh, you know teaching how to motivate and learn I went through deep deep uh, asset building uh, sessions with uh, you know uh, Silva mind control learning how to manage and, and manipulate your mind maintain positivity support people around you and your team around you to have the benefits of elevating yourself all these things are really key but coaching people was a key part I learned from sport and from coaching from my kindergarten degree, which is sports science, was learning how to work with people to get to the athletes, not just working directly with the athletes. And that was key with how I learned to work with staff and build staff and employees.
And of course, you didn't know that, of course, you were heading towards this journey of entrepreneurship while you were being prepped as an athlete. So that's very, very cool. And that you've been able to uh, understand that the, that life is really a journey of, of learning and so on. And, you know, one of the key nuggets to, to keep the gold analogy going that you mentioned there was the support and the love of your family, your father and, uh, and your mother. And a lot of entrepreneurs don't have that luxury of that type of, uh, of uh, unwavering love and support. And it's what I, what I love about Startup Canada is that that can become your family. So if you don't have that support within your own uh, personal structure, then make sure you reach out to what Startup Canada is doing because there's lots of love and support right within that infrastructure. You know I think you'd agree abs- with that? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and I think we'll talk about Startup Canada in a little bit and, and yeah. why I really wanted to be part of that movement. Well, let's, not let's just talk or- about it now. Let's well, just talk well, about I, it now. I think there's another key one really to touch on. And, you know, the assets that were built up to create an opportunity and foundation for success. I want to mm-hmm. touch on something that's really important. Obstacles, cool. challenges, okay. problems. We talked about, you know, shrapnel earlier. Not mm. all of us have, you know, the fortune of having a loving mother and loving father to support us throughout. But I think all of us have challenges. Mm-hmm. All of us wake up every day and can look forward to at least some lesson that day. And I think, you know, when it comes to the assets that that supported me or helped me prepare, the obstacles and lessons were as important, if not more important, right. than the support I received earlier on to build the, you know, the foundation of how to look at those obstacles and, and, and challenges. You know, so I, I think that's what we all have and we all need to focus on that because that was a key part of my asset mix. And without that, I couldn't have seen the opportunities that then would lay in front of me. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. have the tool sets to build on those opportunities. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I really think that was a key in how I got started was really a lot of problems. You know, from mm. an athlete perspective, I broke my shoulder heading into Olympic trials and World Cup. Uh, mm. That forced me to reevaluate what I wanted to be. From a coach perspective, I, I hit the top of my game, but I couldn't afford to live. So it forced me to figure out how to raise money to fund my passion. You know, right. from a, a job perspective, one of my last jobs and first jobs, um, you know, I got fired from it uh, because <laughs> I was actually successful, um, you know, and I created the funding uh, vehicle right now, the summer camps program. I started it for Ottawa U and it now is one of the major uh, funding components of the, of the entire sports services uh, division. So it supports all these other sports. However, I didn't contract it. I didn't create a firm enough contract. So it was an opportunity I birthed and created for uh, the university. But as a result of that success, I became a threat. So easy way was to, well, let's keep the asset. Let's get rid of Stephen. So through all these things, (laughs) I learned a lot, a lot of lessons. And those are how I end up where I am today. So I want people to embrace every one of those challenges and recognize Mm -hmm. what did I learn from it? What Mm. did we learn from it? And then to your point, now, how do I take those learnings and get myself into a circle of people that can support me to make them matter? And that's a great story with Startup Canada. 
Yeah, it really is. And uh, I mean, that whole, again, that whole infrastructure is just magic. So look, uh, I want to learn about events.com. Can you give us a, I, I always call it nickel tours because when people ask me about my business, of course, I can talk for days about it. But uh, <laughs> as we all can, because we're all passionate about these uh, these babies we give birth to. So what, tell us a, a nickel tour of events.com, you know, uh, what stage you are at the company and uh, some of the maybe two challenges you're facing and how you're how you're dealing with them perfect okay so you know events.com it, it basically is you know it's an event management platform it's you know if i use the buzzwords it's mobile first it's SaaS, which is software as a service which means you know low touch no touch clients come to the site set themselves up work and go forward it's full event life cycle tool set it helps event goers and event organizers before during and after the events Fantastic. Um, you know our, our team came up with some great great uh you know terms around this it's the modern event goer which is meg m-e-g modern event goer meets mm-hmm. leo which is the local event organizer and it really connects meg and leo before during and after the event it gives leo the tools to plan promote and ticket their event and meg the tools to discover register and share and celebrate their event participation so you know that's that's on the kind of high level you know the buzzword but really what it is is it's a vehicle that you know the, the two earliest architects Mitch and myself we sat down and we figured out how are we going to create something that we can be all in on that is of a global scale and right. you know and that includes building a team that'll do it um, but uh, you know we we just architected the earliest visions and from that perspective you know we needed something that was um, kind of a mix of call it the valley approach on things which doesn't fully have it right and the Ottawa approach on things which also definitely doesn't fully have it right but it's kind of this dream build a unicorn billion dollar business based on user metrics and people using it and kind of this you know this more tempered Ottawa Canadian thing of well let's build something that's valued on revenue and um, so we needed to mix those two into something that we knew would be a very nicely de-risked uh, venture. And there were two key ingredients to that. And that's, you know, the de-risking agents called revenue. If you want a venture to be de-risked, make sure it has some revenue because revenue and the ability to raise capital are the two things that allow you to pivot a business, rebuild mm-hmm. your team or build your team or succeed or, or survive in a downturn economically. So our de-risking agents were two companies um, uh, that had revenue and that had goodwill in the market, one of which was my previous company events online and the mm. other of which was Civica which is a content management platform for cities across North America that runs their entire sites uh, their websites front and back end admin and uh, public um, which of course have event calendars on those which is part of our growth strategy the other right was to make sure we had a, a rising agent so if those was a de-risking agents we wanted to make sure that our ingredients had a rising agent so what would make this cake rise and that meant disruption and innovation and those key ingredients came from the company that mitch had founded uh previously which was bump brand unified membership platform which was a white labeled membership platform allowing companies to take affinity which is a cost center and build it into a revenue center so we do this for spartan ray 
race. So instead of Spartan Race spending all this money uh, building affinity and loyalty to their brand, now Spartan Race has a membership product which people pay for to have access, uh, benefits, and maintain affinity as a result to their brand. Um, and another uh, company, which was around the event discovery piece, um, which was how to find events around the world. So we tied all that together to, to basically build a cake that had, you know, the robustness and the juiciness of revenue, but the mm. scalability ability to rise and the fluffiness of a venture, uh, you know, kind of in the valley ideas of building a, a unicorn. How could we build a billion dollar company and have it be safe and de-risk, and that was with revenue. So that, that's a little bit more of the background behind events.com. So what stage are we at? Mm. You know, we're at a really interesting stage. We're late by stage. The, by the way, Stephen, yes. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you are an amazing storyteller. Your three boys just must be captivated with the analogies you use and the fluffiness and the cakes. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it really is about telling the story, isn't it? So congratulations. That's well, cool. Thank you. And, and I'm getting hungry as we speak. <laughs> um, well, you don't want to hear about my business, Relish Gourmet Burgers, I, then. <laughs> I love your business. And, and, and trust me, I, I, I've looked into it. And I think that's probably why I'm talking about food a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, where are we? We're, we're late stage. Um, yes. So we're going into our C round. We're in an area where you where you kind of think of us as growth stage. We've built out our enterprise piece, which is our ticketing uh, to register and ticket events. We've built that out. We have version one out and it's fantastic. It's got the foundations and it already is better foundationally than some of the leading players in the industry. The big behemoths you talk about when you talk about $2 billion businesses, you know, capitalized $2 billion businesses like Eventbrite. Uh, when you talk about the people that are in the space for a long time now, Ticketmaster, you know, so our technology platform from a foundational level is already better, which is fantastic. And that's not just because we know how we've built it and we know how those are built, but it's also from the feedback we're receiving from some of the biggest brands and the biggest clients in the industry that we've worked with to help us know what they need and what they want us to build. Um, Very cool. From a discovery and a consumer piece, we're still pre-V1. So we built a beta. It's behind the scenes, but we're still yet to launch our version 1 public um, site where consumers will be able to come and find and interact with all events they love to do on a global level. In the background, we have over 10 million events in our database. We have over 120 million avatars and profiles of people and what they like to do, yet to be claimed by the owners. But once those are claimed by the owners, then they're going to even become more focused uh, profiles of people to help them even find more of what they want to and love to do. So that's mm. yet to come. And we're really excited. We're working with some of the best minds in the industry, including mobile developers from Disney that are building this out to make sure it will be the app you hold in your hand anywhere mm. you land in the world to find out what you want to do, find out what your friends are doing, and then to quickly link and engage with those events to then participate with them before, during, and after the events. Cool. That is very cool. Congratulations. It really is a great journey. Look, uh, you know, You've creating this this global industry changer, but what keeps you anchored in Ottawa and Canada? 
<laughs> oh, there's a bit. Was, was that a gulp for the question that was, or a gulp that, for the coffee? That was a bit of my cold coffee. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. So, <laughs> you, I think everybody heard that gulp. <laughs> and and well placed, probably. Yes. Yes, Listen, that's right. It, it is not. An, it, it's not an easy question, and it doesn't have an easy answer. This whole venture is incredibly complex. We headquartered the venture in California, in San Diego, not the Valley, uh, not LA, uh, but in San Diego, not in Ottawa. We have a team of about 20 people, fantastic employees in Ottawa um, from my previous venture. Um, And we have a headquarters in California, which is thriving with some of the best, most brilliant minds that we've been able to acquire and bring on from competition and or from other previous uh, founding ventures of uh, of our organization. Mm -hmm. So what keeps me here? um, It changes you know, from day to day. So what kept me here in the beginning, well, was affording to found a venture and uh, and fund and capitalize a venture while also affording to relocate a family to California. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a challenge. Uh, what ke- keeps me here in the earliest stages is knowing that, uh, that Ottawa is probably one of the most important opportunistic uh, launch pads to international growth. Um, we had over nine languages in Ottawa. Uh, at one point, we're serving time zones from central uh, Hawaii time to uh, central uh, European time. Um, clients working, supporting them from 2 a.m. to 9 p.m. out of Ottawa. So we, we built a very international team. And if there's one thing that Ottawa has is a very international mindset, but also a very high degree of international respect. So as we expand into Europe and expand um, uh, globally, Ottawa is really key to that. Uh, so that's part of do I head now to California, San Diego, where there's a diminishing return on me being one of 70 plus people. Um, or do I head to Europe and help lay the foundations and just do as we did in California, build teams of incredible operators, of incredible management team, incredible employees to take the venture to the next level? Do I go out there and just sprinkle some water and some seeds uh, to help guide the creation of that team and then let it you know, go as it needs to go to be bigger and better than I can be. Um, Perhaps that's the answer. So go west or go east. Well, these other things, you know, moving a family of three, um, having, you know, my third newborn coming uh, didn't make sense to move prior to the birth of my latest son, Liam, uh, Mm -hmm. because we have this great thing in Canada. Again, you know, one of the best places to start and run and found and create a business. We have incredible social support. So my wife is on maternity leave now for a year. Mm, Uh, Crazy. So now is best 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 in the world. Best in the world. That's right. So now is the best opportunity for us to become entrepreneurs and relocate and go to California or go to Europe. Uh, Or, oh my gosh, we're looking at, you know, the company is looking at China right now, which I don't think fits my profile. But but now we can relocate and my wife as a lawyer still has her salary for the next year, which Mm. is incredible. So, So I think timing was a big part of it. Also, what capitalization stage we're at as an organization was a big part of it. 
and and ultimately figuring out what role I'm going to play uh, in the past, current, and future of the venture. Because one thing I really believe in, and uh, and partner Mitch Thrower has really helped me learn as well, is we all have uh, something to deliver, and what that is changes through the life cycle of your involvement in a venture. Um, and, uh, you know, so why am I in Ottawa? I'm still figuring out what I want to do and need to do. But I know that I love Ottawa. And I know that Ottawa has my family and a, a, a foundation of friends and the key ingredients for success, which are network, capital, skills, and I probably name a few more, but all that is here. So I gave myself a year while I was waiting to have our, 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 our child. I gave myself a year to make Ottawa more valuable to me than San Diego is. Mm. And that is a big challenge because in San Diego, high educational, you know, uh, component, the, the people I work with there, my partners, our management team, uh, I mean, these are rock stars. So what an opportunity to learn and work with them, uh, with Mitch and his access and his involvement, uh, in the universities, the speaking circuit, uh, the network there. I mean, we have five billionaires on our cap table, including, you know, the chairman of Google, the head of strategy, um, Raj Doshi now had a fiber. Um, you know, these are people that when I'm out there, I can interact with. It's incredible. However, can I get Ottawa and my, my relationships in Ottawa to that same level to make it more valuable to stay here? And I believed I could. So I wanted to get involved with Startup Canada. I wanted to create opportunity for my children here. I knew that we need to help support and elevate Canada on a global stage because as I travel internationally for M&A and investments, I recognize and see that we're coming up against a competition that most of us don't even know is coming you know canada we're we're fortunate because we have been doesn't mean we will be in the future you know as the right barriers on. to competition go down and the you know increased globalization in, increases you know not only could any venture in any corner of the world be taken out by a startup in a garage in california but now any economy and any country in the world can be taken out by any country because mm -hmm. of that same scenario. So we need mm -hmm. to be aware of that. Look at that. What my children and your children and our children will be competing against in tomorrow's economy, we do not know. So right we on. have to now set the foundation today to make sure that we remain thought leaders. We remain um, business leaders. We remain creators of value that we don't remain programmers we don't remain um uh, supply uh, you know lower supply chain or um or uh you know uh, task level uh, economy only yeah very cool well you know uh amongst all of that um uh, brilliance of, of of information you just gave with the, another gold nugget sorry i keep sticking on that but it is so important you were talking about ottawa and you said it's got this and it's got this and it's got this and it's got this and what came to my to my thought is what's interesting is that a lot of entrepreneurs look outside their own community 
to ultimately try to get success. Oh, it's better in Silicon Valley. Oh, it's better in Toronto. Oh, it's better here. It's better there. When all the criteria that you just used to stay in Ottawa is the same criteria that I use to stay in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Isn't that interesting? It's great. Yeah, it really is great. So, uh, you know, you need to look in your own backyard to see what's there, because most likely what you need is already there. Very, very cool stuff. Well, you know, really key things, you know, Ottawa has one of the highest per capita uh, numbers of uh, of, Postdoctorate or doctorate or MBA or uh, you know of skilled workforce in North America. Uh, there's so many unknown factors of Ottawa um, that make it such a prime right place. And then we look at Canada and we look at where you are. We look at where I am. Uh, we look at uh, at uh, Vancouver. We look at all these great places and we look at the social structures and support behind that, the education, uh, the tax system, the the grants. There's over 600 grants that are available mm. to help mm. startups, uh, you know, thrive and create. That is what we call non-dilutive capital. I have mm. a startup that we're working on right now and we, you know, raise a little bit of capital, but then the ability to go get twice as much through non-dilutive grants, which means funding from the government to start the entity, which isn't coming from an investor, which means we don't have to give up equity. It's incredible. Mm. Uh, you look at all these things, and then climate. You know, M- Mitch always jokes with me. He says <laughs> we love we love our employees in Canada. We love still having you there because there's this great thing that happens in winter. You guys all work twice as long, <laughs> you know, because we, we don't want to go outside. So they That's so they right. say. But we, we have funny. a lot. We have a lot to offer. And and I did look outside. I mean, I sold my company outside of Canada for a higher valuation and a higher return. I created right. a. You know, I helped create a company outside of Canada for those very reasons. But now I am so passionate in recognizing we have this here and we have networks and groups of people here that do this. We have Startup Canada heading the charge. Um, You know, what are Startup Canada communities? I boil them down to one thing. If you get people into a room of someone that shows up and thinks, well, I'd love to start something. I'm not sure I can. And one person next to them says, oh, I did that. It's easy. Then you're going to leave that conversation saying, oh, I can apply for that grant or Mm -hmm. I can get funding or I can hire someone or I can start something because someone else just empowered them by saying, oh, I've done that. Startup Canada is bringing communities together just to allow people to understand they can do what I've done, what you've done, what other entrepreneurs are doing. And they can reach out to people like you and I and say, you know, how did you mess up before and how can I learn yeah. from that? You know, yeah. isn't that um, beautiful? We have all those ingredients and California doesn't have it right. Mm. Um, there's a saturation factor going on in the valley where you show up there and you want to start something. You are one of so much noise. Um, you are one of so many people vying for attention and funding. Now, on the other side of the coin, there is a mentality there which is incredible. And truly, I was willing to go live in a van for that half of my life when I'm there and, you know, I'm the single guy living in a car, living in a van, living in suitcases, starting up a company. Back here, I'm a family guy. But there's right. this mentality there that you're willing and it's celebrated to live in a car. It's celebrated mm. to live in the yeah. back seat. It's <laughs> celebrated to fail and restart and try again. And right. these are parts that, that I hope to to bring back to Ottawa and Canada on a regular basis. Guys, let's try. 
and let's celebrate trying and let's just try, try, try again. Because whether yeah. it's RIM, whether it's Nortel, we have such huge success stories in Canada. And it's this thing happens as we get big and successful is we become critiqued. And when we fail, we become penalized, whether mm-hmm. on the government mm-hmm. level, through taxation, uh, through, uh, through uh, um, you know, a- access to grants or on, you know, a social level. Oh, don't support them. They failed before. California is like, okay, well, they know how to do it now. <laughs> So I think we have, there's a balance factor. And and I think if we take the lessons from there, we bring them here, that's great. If we take opportunities from here and we build them up to a certain scale, then we bring them there, we get a higher valuation and a higher funding Mm -hmm. capacity. So, you know, there's a lot of things we can learn to do. It's all about timing and what ingredients to take from what pot. Wow. What insight. You know, we've had a bunch of questions I was going to ask, but uh, just reviewing them, you've answered most of them already just in the the conversation we had to date. But I want to end this conversation with one more question, and it has to do with your three boys. And I want you to imagine you are only allowed to give them one piece of advice to be successful as an entrepreneur, and then you are never allowed to give them any more advice ever again. And although I know you would, because as my dad always says, I'll give you lots of advice. It's up to you whether or not you want to take it. And uh, so Imagine you've got your three boys, and I know you just had one that was born, so he's going to be a little reluctant to listen to you. But uh, what's the one piece of advice you would give them, Stephen? I mean, the biggest challenge is one. Um, Mm. One. I won't hold you to it, by the way. (laughs) I'm going to give more than one, but I'm going to do them very briefly. Okay. Um, I'm going to say be loyal. Mm. Uh, loyalty and partnership is incredibly valuable. Um, no one thing you start will probably be the last thing you start. And very rarely will be the first thing be the, the, the most successful thing. So you are measured and tracked by your loyalty to your partners um, and your character and how you treat your marketplace, whether you're buying someone, whether you're investing someone, whether you're being purchased, whether you're partnering on a venture or whether you're vying for each other's jobs. Um, starting up companies and growing companies is very difficult. So loyalty, I think really, really true, uh, really important. Uh, confidence. I think believe, uh, believe you can. Um, if you don't believe you can, you'll never set out to find out how to do it. Um, anything you believe you can do, you're going to be able to find the tools, the people, the ingredients to do it. Um, never do it alone. Uh, you know, there, mm. there's some of the biggest venture capital accelerators, incubators don't invest in founders anymore. They invest in founding teams. They -hmm. look for people that have multiple architects or companies that have multiple architects, groups, people, because they know how fast things are moving now. Um, They know that, you know, you can't just go it alone. You're going to hit so many downs and so many highs that you need people to celebrate those highs with and to keep you in check during those periods of highs and they need people to support you in the downs and bring you through those. Um, so don't do it alone. Yeah, um, very cool. And, uh, 
you know, I, I, because it's my boys, I think I'm going to touch on something that, that is a little bit less me, but it'd be content. You know, I want my boys to be satisfied if they are, you know, that rock star graphic designer that we have in our firm, Mm -hmm. um, that is content and happy being the best of breed in what he does and not maybe needing to be an entrepreneur or needing to grow and create something. I also want them to be content if they grow a company that gets to a certain stage and size um, that that is worthy of celebrating and has created jobs and opportunity for other families. I look back and, and th- this is odd. Um, my, my boy knocked over a photo of me and my first son and my wife in front of our house. And uh, behind that, I stapled a paragraph that I wrote and I don't even remember writing it, but it it comes along to the point of, of celebrating and recognizing that the point you're at now is probably the point that you dreamed of getting to before. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't always look for more. Don't mm. always drive for more. I'm I, I'm wired as someone that needs to know what's beyond the ocean, what's over the next mountain, what's you know I have to I have to sail across the seas and and create and build something new. That's a a, a gift and a curse. So I would offer contentment <laughs> to my children that if they don't need to do that, or if they only need to do that part way, that's good. Because when you try to grow things too far, too big, you can also achieve your downfalls. So um, I think contentment is really key and life balance would be the last one. Uh, And and I really thank my partner, uh, you know, and and co-architect, hopefully recognized someday as co-founder for events.com. He's understood himself and myself so intimately to help me build uh, balance in my life and recognize that if he could disconnect me from the call it the body of your job so are you a ceo or a coo or a cmo what you know how do you disconnect yourself from that to become a spirit in your venture to become an investor an architect a spirit that now you're just energy and you can as energy infiltrate every and any corner of that venture and and liberate yourself from being that closed kind of understood element of just your job. And Mm -hmm. Mitch understood how to liberate me from that so that I could have balance in the role and the capacity to contribute to our venture at every and any level. Um, But also from a family perspective, that there are things I don't need to deal with on a day-to-day basis that our CEO and our COO and our CTO and our management team deal with on a daily basis at a better mm. level than perhaps I might. So, you know, I, I think I think in short, those would be the key lessons I would share with my children. And they are the key lessons that I try to work with on a regular basis with entrepreneurs and uh, and people in the network right now. My great friend, you have indeed got gold dust happening around you all the time. And uh, it's been an incredible journey you have uh, been on. Thank you so much for, for being with us today. It's been a real privilege. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
No problem, thank ladies you for and gentlemen. What you do. Thank you very much. This has been uh, Stephen Partridge, Head of Strategic Assets at Events.com. You are listening to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. Startup Canada is your doorway into Canada's entrepreneurship community. Be sure to check out StartupCan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like the popular Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday, 12 to 1 Eastern Time. Visit StartupCan.ca ca backslash events to check out the upcoming startup chats and if you want to hang out a bit with me you can check me out at riverscorbett.ca i love hanging out with entrepreneurs and sharing with them my journeys and gold dust as we talked about today steven is exactly right we do want to help so feel free to connect with me riverscorbett.ca until next time i'm rivers corbett and have a wonderful enterprising week